the America's National Parks podcast is sponsored by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean has partnered with the National Park Foundation to help you find your happy place. And with more than 400 national parks, there's a good chance you'll find one close to home. Discover your perfect day in a park at findyourpark.com. The Savannah River twists and turns for 301 miles in the southeastern United States, forming most of the border between Georgia and South Carolina, before it's divided into channels by several islands near Savannah, Georgia, and then spills into the Atlantic. The last of those islands holds a storied past, having played a role in both the Revolutionary and Civil Wars, as well as World War II. I'm Jason Epperson, and today on America's National Parks, Cockspur Island, and Fort Pulaski National Monument. Before the rapid population growth and development of the Savannah area, spring tides covered the entirety of Cockspur Island. Behind it was a series of marsh islands, which have now been joined to Cockspur by the dredging of the Savannah River, to accommodate modern shipping. Its strategic coastal location meant the island was ideal for military fortification. In 1761, an earth and hewn log fort was built, along with a quarantine station and a customs checkpoint. It was called Fort George, and it protected the entrances to the city from foes, but was more focused on shipping regulation. During the Revolutionary War, American patriots dismantled Fort George, it was too exposed for its size against the big British ships. The Crown then established the island as a safe haven for Loyalists, who fled there with Royal Governor Sir James Wright. Cockspur became, for a short time, capital of the colony of Georgia. Once the Revolutionary War ended, the new United States would build a new fort on the site. It was constructed very much like Fort George with earth and log, and would be named for the Revolutionary War hero. General Nathaniel Green. The life of Fort Green was short and tragic. In September of 1804, a hurricane swept across the island, washing it away. In the early years of the 19th century, the United States would embark on a massive coastal fortification project, which you can learn a bit more about in our Guardian of the Gulf episode. At Cockspur, the five-sided brick bastion Fort Pulaski was built by free men and slaves under the command of Robert E. Lee. The new fort was finished in 1847, only a couple of decades before it would serve in the Civil War. Situated off the southeastern tip of Cockspur Island, marking the south channel of the Savannah River, the Cockspur Lighthouse stands 12 miles east of the Port of Savannah. The first brick tower, used as a day mark, was built between March 1837 and November of 1839. In 1848, John Norris, a New York architect, was contracted to supervise construction of an illuminated station. Norris designed many of Savannah's grand structures. His duties were to repair, alter, and put up lanterns and lights on Cockspur Island and to erect a suitable keeper's house. This first tower had a focal plane 25 feet above sea level. The beacon housed a fixed white light emanating from five lamps with 14-inch reflectors visible for nine miles. 
Tragedy struck again in 1854 when the structure was destroyed by a hurricane. The tower was rebuilt and enlarged on the same foundation the next year. At the start of the Civil War, the light was temporarily extinguished. On April 10, 1862, Union forces and 11 batteries stretching along the beach started a long-range bombardment of Fort Pulaski. 36 guns participated in a 30-hour siege of the fort with the Cockspur Lighthouse in direct line of fire. Though much of the island's story is a violent one, spanning decades of war and natural disasters, passing ships were warmed by the dedicated cheerfulness of one special woman. With more, here's Abigail Trebu. Florence Martis was the daughter of a sergeant stationed at Fort Pulaski. Her brother George was keeper of the Cockspur Island Lighthouse, but soon transferred to the nearby Elba Island Light, bringing Florence with him. One day while spending an afternoon with her father, a sailing ship docked at Savannah, and a few of the sailors rode out to Fort Pulaski, just a stone's throw from the lighthouse. Florence's father offered to give the sailors a tour of the island and lighthouse, and Florence went along for the ride, where she and one of the sailors caught each other's eye. During his time in port, he visited Florence three times, and when he left, he promised to return and marry her. The morning that his ship left port, Florence stood in front of her cottage and waved a white handkerchief. The sailor never returned. Life at the remote cottage was lonely for Florence, whose closest companion was her devoted collie. She began to welcome each incoming ship in memory of her love with a wave of her handkerchief. Sailors began returning her greeting by waving back or with a blast of the ship's horn. Eventually, Florence started greeting the vessels arriving in the dark by waving a lantern. She became a well-known and welcomed sight for all mariners who came to expect her as they entered port. Many sailors brought her gifts. One even presented her with a llama from Peru. Florence Martis continued her waving tradition night and day for 44 years without break, and it is estimated that she welcomed more than 50,000 ships during her lifetime. She grew to become a legend known far and wide as Waving Girl of Savannah. Florence died in 1943, having never loved another. She was laid to rest next to her brother in Laurel Grove Cemetery. The headstone inscription resonates the admiration for their service to the harbor and its visitors, saying, In memory of the Waving Girl and her brother, Keeper of the Lighthouse on Elba Island for 35 years. On September 27th of that year, the SS Florence Martis was christened in her honor. According to the Georgia Historical Society, it was the 30th of 88 Liberty ships built in Savannah and was eventually scrapped in Baltimore. 
Despite the loss of her namesake ship, Florence's legacy lives on thanks to a statue that sits in the Savannah Harbor, created by renowned sculptor Felix de Weldon, the artist behind the Iwo Jima Memorial in Arlington, Virginia. The figure can be found at the eastern end of River Street, overlooking the Savannah River from the bluff. The captain of the ship that delivered the statue declined payment in her memory. The legend of Florence and her sailor love may or may not be true. There's no concrete evidence, but her effect on sailors for nearly half a century is very real. The Elba Island lighthouse has gone to the sea, but the Cockspur light remains. It's closed to visitors for restoration, but you can see it from the shore. Brick forts like Fort Pulaski were a dying breed almost as soon as they were built. In the Civil War, the Union Army's rifled cannon tore right through it, compelling the Confederate garrison inside to surrender. Today, the outer walls are still riddled with the giant pockmarks from the bombardment. After the Civil War, Fort Pulaski was unoccupied and neglected. The War Department finally made it a national monument in 1924 by a presidential proclamation of Calvin Coolidge. The 30s saw new activity on the island, with the arrival of the Civilian Conservation Corps, who worked to rehabilitate it and the surrounding landscape. This episode of America's National Parks was hosted by me, Jason Epperson, and narrated by Abigail Trebu. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search National Park Podcast. You can also join our America's National Parks Facebook group. We'll link to all of our social media, as well as National Park Service resources, music credits, and more in the show notes at nationalparkpodcast.com. If you're interested in RV travel, give us a listen over at the RV Miles podcast. You can also follow Abigail and me as we travel the country with our three boys at ourwanderingfamily.com. This land is your my land from California to the New York Island from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters this land was made for you and me Today's show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag BeanOutsider and visit LLBean.com to find great gear for exploring the national parks.